0: Section 21 of Cambridge Medieval History, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cambridge Medieval History, Volume 1, Section 21, Chapter 6 The Organization of the Church by C. H. Turner, Part 4. The claims of Jerusalem were comparatively modest at the start. And it did not occur to Damasus, for instance, that they need be taken into serious consideration. Two initial difficulties hampered their early course. Although Jerusalem was the mother church of Christendom, and the home and center of the first apostolic preaching, Ilia Capotina, the Gentile city found by Hadrian, had no real continuity with the Jewish city on the ruins of which it rose. The church of Jerusalem had been a church of Jewish Christians the church of Aelia was a church of gentile christians and for a couple of generations too obscure to have any history a probably spurious list of bishops is all the record that survives of it before the third century then came the taste for pilgrimages in a d 333 a pilgrim made the journey all the way from bordeaux and the growing cult of the holy places jerusalem was the scene of the most sacred of christian memories and locally, at any rate, Alia was Jerusalem. From the time of Constantine onwards, the identification was complete. The second difficulty was of a less archaic kind and took longer to circumvent. Alien Jerusalem did not even dominate its own district, but was quite outshone by its near neighbor at Caesarea. Politically, Caesarea was capital of the province. Ecclesiastically, it was the home of the teaching and the library of origin and the Origenian tradition was kept alive by Pamphilus the confessor and by Eusebius, bishop of the church at the time of the Nicene council. It was hardly likely that the council would do anything derogatory to the friend of Constantine, the most learned ecclesiastic of the age, and, in fact, all the satisfaction that the bishop of Jerusalem obtained at Nicaea was the apparent right to rank as the first of the suffragans of the province. Like Autun, in the province of lyons or london in the province of canterbury local patriotism felt the sop thus thrown to it to be quite unsatisfying and for a hundred years the sordid strife for the first place peri proteo, as theodoret calls it went on between the bishop of jerusalem and the bishop of caesarea in the confusion of the doctrinal struggle it was easy enough for an orthodox bishop to refuse allegiance to an arianizing metropolitan and Caesarea being in close relation with antioch it was natural for the bishops of jerusalem to turn to their neighbors at alexandria nor we may suppose was alexandria disinclined to favor encroachment upon the territory of its antiochian rival western churchmen with their profound belief in the finality of every decision of nicaea looked coldly on the moment and it is one of the counts in Jerome's catalogue of grievances against John of Jerusalem. But at the first council of Ephesus, with Cyril of Alexandria in the chair and John of Antioch absent, Juvenal of Jerusalem secured the second place, though he still failed to abrogate the metropolitical rights of Caesarea. At the Lotricinium of Ephesus in 449, again under Alexandrine presidency, he managed to sit even above Domnus of Antioch the business of the council of chalcedon was to reverse the proceedings of the latriconium and it might have been anticipated that with the eclipse of alexandrine influence the fortunes of jerusalem would also suffer but a timely tergiversation on the doctrinal issue saved something for juvenal and his see the council decreed a partition of patriarchal rights over the east between the churches of antioch and jerusalem very similar were the proceedings which established the autocephalous character of the island church of cyprus the cypriots too began by renouncing the communion of the arian bishops of antioch they too espoused the cause of cyril against john at the council of ephesus and were rewarded accordingly and just as the empress helena's discovery of the cross served the claims of the church of jerusalem so the discovery of the coffin containing the body of barnabas the cypriot with the autograph of st matthew's gospel was held to demonstrate finally the right of the cypriots to ecclesiastical isolation with this evidence before us it is hard to deny that the history of the generations which first experienced the fatal gift of constantine supplied only too good ground for st gregory's complaint of contentions and strivings for dominion among christian bishops but though these contentions disturbed the work of councils councils did not create them and gregory was hardly fair if he laid on councils the responsibility for them rather in this direction lay the remedy and counterpoise seeing that councils represented the parliamentary and democratic side of church government, stood, that is to say, in idea at least for free and open discussion, as against the untrammeled decrees of authority, and for the equality of churches as against the preponderance of metropolitan or patriarch or pope. No more grand eloquent utterance of these principles could indeed possibly be found than the words with which the council of ephesius concludes its examination of the cypriot claim let none of the most reverend bishops annex a province which has not been from the first under the jurisdiction of himself and his predecessors and so the canons of the fathers shall not be overstepped nor pride of worldly power creep in under the guise of priesthood nor we lose little by little without knowing it that freedom with our Lord Jesus Christ, the Liberator of all men, purchased for us with His blood. And councils really were, at any rate, in two main departments of their activity—the organ, through which the mind of the Federated Christian Communities did arrive at some definite and lasting self-expression, namely, in the Creed and in the Canon Law. In both directions, it is true, East and West moved only a certain part of the way together in both too while the impulse was given by councils the influence of the greatest churches added something to the completeness of the work in the case of the creed what became a universal usage in the liturgy was at first only a usage of antioch and constantinople in the case of the canon law the collective decisions of councils were supplemented by the individual judgments of popes or doctors before the corpus of either western or eastern law was complete Nevertheless, it remains the fact that it was from and out of the conciliar movement that church law, as such, came into being at all, that the canons of certain 4th and 5th century councils are the only part of this law common to both East and West, and that, again, the only common formulation of Christian doctrine was also the joint work of councils, which for that very reason enjoy the name of ecumenical. Nicaea, Constantinople, and Chalcedon. 1. The origins of the Christian creed, or symbolum, are lost in the obscurity which hangs over the sub-apostolic age. We know it first in a completed form, as used in the Roman Church about the middle of the second century. From Rome, it spread through the West, taking the shape ultimately of our Apostles' Creed and one view of its history would make this roman creed the source of all eastern creeds as well but a summary statement of christian belief for the use of catechumens must have been wanted from very early times and it is possible that what saint paul handed over at the first to his corinthian converts 1 corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 was nothing else than a primitive form of the creed Anyhow, from whatever source it was derived, a common nucleus was expanded or modified to meet the needs of different churches and different generations, so that a family likeness existed between all early creeds, but, identi- but identity between them of none. At the Council of Nicaea, the creed was for the first time given an official and authoritative form, and it was at the same time put to a novel use. The baptismal creed of the Church of Palestinian Caesarea, itself a much more technically theological document than any corresponding creed in the West, was propounded by Eusebius. Out of this creed, the Council constructed its own confessions of faith, no longer for baptismal and general use, but as the form of sound words, by acceptance. Of which the bishops of the churches throughout the world were to exclude the Arian conception of Christianity. The example of the Creed of Nicaea on the Orthodox side was followed in the next generation by numerous conciliar formularies expressing one shade or another of opposing belief. When the Nicene cause finally triumphed, the Nicene Creed was received all the world over as the expression of the Catholic faith, and the Council of Ephesus condemned. As derogatory to it, the composition of any new formula, however orthodox, the Council of Ephesus represented the Alexandrian position at Constantinople. However, a new creed was already in use, which was like enough to the Nicene Creed to pass as an expanded form of it, and was determined in the end to annex both its name and fame. This creed of Constantinople had been developed out of some older creed. Probably that of Jerusalem, by the help of the test phrases of the Nicenum and of further phrases aimed at the opposite heresies of the semi sibelian Marcellus and the Semi-Arian Macedonius, it may be supposed that this creed had been laid before the fathers of the Council of three eighty one, for at the Council of Chalcedon, where of course Constantinopolitan influences were dominant. It was recited as the Creed of the 150 Fathers of Constantinople on practically equal terms with the Creed of 318 Fathers of Nicaea. In another fifty years, the two creeds were beginning to be hopelessly confused, at least in the sphere of Constantinople, and the Constantinopolitanum was introduced into the liturgy as the actual Creed of Nicaea. In the course of the sixth century, it became not only the liturgical but also the baptismal creed throughout the East. In the West it never superseded the older baptismal creeds, except apparently for a time under Byzantine influence in Rome. But as a liturgical creed it was adopted in Spain on the occasion of the conversion of King Ricard and his Arian Visigoths in 589, and spread thence in the course of time through Gaul and Germany to Rome. 2. Canon Law even more clearly than the creed, owed its development to the work of councils. The conception of a church law, ius ecclesiasticum, ius canonicum, was not matured till the fourth century, and then largely as a result of the new position of the church in relation to the state and in conscious or unconscious imitation of the civil law, down to the close of the era of persecutions the discipline of the church was administered under consensual jurisdiction without any written code other than the scriptures in general subordination to the unwritten canon or regular the rule of truth the ecclesiastical tradition primitive books like the de discalia apostolorum and the apostolic church order give us a naive picture of the unfettered action of the bishop as judge with his presbyters as assessors but as time went on the question to be dealt with grew more and more complex it became no longer possible to keep the world at arm's length and the relations of christians with the heathen society round them required an increasingly delicate adjustment the simplicity of the rigorous discipline by which in the second century all sins of idolatry murder fraud and unchastity were visited with lifelong exclusion from communion yielded at one point, after another, to the demands of Christian charity, and to the need of distinctions between case and case. The problem became pressing when the persecution of Decius suddenly broke up the long peace, and multitudes of professing Christians were tempted or driven to a monetary apostasy. The Novantianist minority seceded, rather than hold out, to these unwilling idolaters. The hope of any readmission to the sacraments. The Church was forced to face the situation, and it was obviously undesirable that individual bishops should agitate upon similar circumstances in wholly different ways. It was here that St. Cyprian struck out his successful line. His first councils were called to deal with the disorganization which the persecution left behind it, and the bishops, at least of Africa, were induced to agree upon a common policy worked out on a uniform scale of a treatment there is however nothing to show that at cyprian's councils any canons were committed to writing to serve as permanent standard of church discipline that crucial step was only taken fifty years later as the persecution initiated by diocletian relaxed and the bishops of various localities could meet to take common counsel for the repair of moral and material damage during the decade three o five to three fifteen the bishops of spain met at alvira the bishops of asia Minor at ancyra and at neo Caesarea, the western bishops generally at arles and the codes of these four councils are the earliest material preserved in later canon law the decision of such councils had however no currency in the first instance outside their own localities and even the council of ars was a Concilium plenarium only of the West. But the feeling was already gaining strength, and it was quite in accordance with the ecclesiastical policy of Constantine that uniformity was desirable even in many matters where it was not essential, and an ecumenical council offered unique opportunities of arriving at a common understanding. So we find the Council of Nicaea issuing, side by side with its doctrinal definition, a series of disciplinary regulations among which are incorporated often in greatly modifying form some canons of the eastern council of ancyra and some canons of the western council of arles these nicene canons are the earliest code that can be called canon law of the whole church and at least in the west they enjoyed something like the same finality in the realm of discipline that the nicene creed enjoyed in the realm of doctrine other canon than the nicene canon the roman church receives not the nicene canons alone is the catholic church bound to recognize and to follow writes innocent of rome in the cause of st Chrysostom. leo does not exclude quite so rigorously the possibility of additions to the church's code but the nicene fathers still exercise an authority unhampered by time or place mensuris usc infinim Mundi legis ecclesiasticorum canonum conditerunt, et pod in toto orbitererum. The principle was simplicity itself, but it came to be worked out with a naive disregard of facts. On the one hand, the genuine Nicene code was not accepted quite entire, and where Western tradition and Nicene rules were inconsistent, it was not always the tradition that went under. The Canon against kneeling at Eastertide is in all early versions that we can connect with Rome entirely absent. The canon against the validity of the Polyanist baptism was misinterpreted to mean that the Polyanists did not employ the baptismal formula on the other hand, many early codes that had no sort of real connection with the Nicene councils sheltered themselves under its name and shared its authority. The canons of Ankyra Neochisseria and. Possibly also those of Antioch, were all included as Nicene in the early Gallican collection. The canons of Sardica, probably because of the occurrence in them of the names of Hosius of Cordova, are in most of the oldest collections joined without break to the canons of Nicaea. And a rather acrimonious controversy was carried on between Rome and Carthage in the years 418 and 419 because Pope Zosimus cited the Sardican canons as Nicene and the africans neither found these canons in their own copies nor could learn anything about them in the east the original form of the collection known as isidore's was apparently translated from the greek under roman auspices at about this time the canons of nicaea are those quas sancta romana Ecclesia. the codes of the six greek councils ancyra neocasaria gangra antioch leodicia and Constantinople follow, and then the Sardican canons under the heading Concilium Niceum, twenty Episcoporum, K in Greco non habentor, sed in Latino invientor ita, a Gallican editor of this version later in the fifth century combines the newer material with the older tradition in the shape of a canon proposed by Hosius, giving the sanction of the nicene or Sardican Council to the three codes of ancyra neocaceria and gangra we must not suppose that all this juggling with the name nicene was in the strict sense fraudulent we need not doubt the good faith of st ambrose when he quoted a canon against digimus clergy as nicene though it is really neocesare or of st augustine when he concludes that the followers of paul of samosata did not observe the rule of baptism because the nicene canons ordered them to be baptized or for that matter of popes zosimus and boniface because they made the most of the sardican prescriptions about appeals to rome which their manuscripts treated as nicene the fact was that the twenty canons of Nicaea were not sufficient to form a system of law the new wine must burst the old bottle and by hook or by crook the code of authoritative rules must be enlarged if it was to be a serviceable guide for the uniform exercise of church discipline the spurious canon which the gallic and isidore fathers on hosius puts just this point conia multa pretermissa suntque ad roher ecclesiasticum pertinent k e ium priori constituta sunt Let these other acts too receive sanction in the fourth century the councils had committed their canons to writing in the fifth century came the impulse to collect and codify the extant material into a corpus of canon law the first steps were taken as might be expected in the east somewhere about the year four hundred and in the sphere of constantinople antioch the canons of half a dozen councils held in that part of the world during the preceding century were brought together into a single collection and numbered continuously throughout. The editio princeps, so to say, of this Greek code contained the canons of Nicaea, 20, Ancyra, 25, neocasaria 14, Gangra, 20, Antioch, 25, and Laodicea, 59. It was rendered into Latin by the Isidorian collector, and it was used by the officials of the Church of Constantinople at the Council of Chalcedon for in the fourth session canons 4 and 5 of Antioch were read as canon 83 and canon 84, and in the eleventh session canons 16 and 17 of Antioch as canon 95 and 96. The canons of Constantinople were the first appendix to the code. They are translated in the Isidorian collection, and they are cited in the Acts of Chalcedon, but in neither case under the continuous numeration. When Diocenius' Exegus early in the 6th century made a quasi-official book of canon law for the Roman Church, he found the canons of Constantinople numbered with the rest, bringing up the total to 165 chapters. His two other Greek authorities, the canons of the Apostles and the canons of Chalcedon, were numbered independently. The earliest Syriac version adds to the original nucleus only those of Constantinople and Chalcedon with a double system of numeration the one separate for each council the other continuous throughout the whole series and in the digest of canon law published about the middle of the sixth century by john scholasticus of antioch afterwards intruded as patriarch of constantinople the great synods of the fathers after the apostles are ten in number that is not counting the apostolic canons the councils proper are brought up to ten by the inclusions of sartica constantinople ephesus and chalcedon and besides these many canonical rules were laid down by basil the great two features in the work of john the lawyer illustrate the transition from earlier to later canon law in the first place the list of authorities is no longer confined strictly to councils to whose decrees alone canonical validity as yet attached in the fourth and fifth centuries a new element is introduced with the canons of st basil and by the time we arrive at the end of the seventh century when the constituent parts of eastern canon law were fully settled in the quinus council in trullo the enumeration of greek councils is followed by the enumeration of the individual doctors of the greek church and an equal authority is attributed to the rules or canons of both in the second place john represents a new movement for the arrangement of the material of church law not on the older historical and chronological method by which all the canons of each council were kept together but on a system of subject-matter headings so that in every chapter all the appropriate rules however different in date or inconsistent in character would be set down in juxtaposition three of john's contemporaries were doing the same sort of thing for Latin church law that he had done for the Greek. The deacon Ferandus of Carthage, in his Breviatio Canonum, Crusonius also in African, in his Concordia Canonum, and Martin, the Bishop of Braga in northwestern Spain, in his Capitula. But the day of the Greek medieval systematizers was not yet. These tentative effects after an orderly system seem to have met at most with local success and the business of canonists was still directed in the main to the enlargement of their codes rather than to the coordination of the diverse elements existing side by side in them early greek church law was simple and homogeneous enough for it consisted of nothing but greek councils even the first beginnings of the corpus of latin church law were more complex because not one element but three went into its composition we have seen that its nucleus consisted in the universal acceptance of the canons of nicaea and in the grafting in the canons of other early councils onto the nicene stock thus whereas greek canon law admitted no purely latin element and in that way had no sort of claim to universality latin canon law not only admitted but centred round greek material Of course as soon as the idea of a corpus of ecclesiastical law took shape in the west a latin element was bound to add itself to the greek and this latin element took two forms the natural supplement to greek councils were latin councils and every local collector would add to his greek code the councils of his own part of the world gallic spanish african as the case might be but just about the same time with the commencement of the continuous series of councils Whose canons were taken up into our extant Latin codes, commences a parallel series of papal decretals. The African councils begin with the Council of Carthage in 390 and the Council of Hippo in 393, the decretals with the letter of Pope Syracuse to Hymerius of Taranga in 385. Such decretal letters were issued to churches in most parts of the European West, Illyria included, but not to North Italy which looked to milan and not to africa which depended on carthage as their immediate destination was local not one of them is found in the early western codes so universally as the greek councils on the other hand their circulation was larger than that of any local western council and some or others of them are found in almost every collection it would even appear that a group of some eight decretals of syricius and innocent Zosimus and Celestine had been put together and published as a sort of authoritative handbook before the papacy of Leo, 441 to 461. Outside Rome, there were thus three elements normally present in a Western code the Greek, the local, and the papal. In a Roman collection, the decretals were themselves the local element. Thus, Dionysius' exegesis edition consists of two parts the first containing the greek councils and by exception the carthaginian council of 419 the second containing papal letters from syracuse down to galatius and anastasius the second but even the code of dionysius though superior to all others in accuracy and convenience was made only for roman use and for more than two centuries had only a limited vogue elsewhere each district in the west had its separate church law as much as its separate liturgy, or its separate political organization, and it was not till the union of Gaul and Italy under one head in the person of Charles the Great that the collection of Dionysius, as sent to Charles by Pope Hadrian in 774, was given official position throughout the Franklin dominions. End of section 21